Hi there, I'm Lucia Bodeman. And I'm Nacha Vieira. Welcome to our podcast from both ends, where we discuss life issues and share interesting stories. Good morning, everybody. How are you today? Today we have Alexandra Maciel with us and our Lucia. How are you, Alexandra? How are you, Lucia? Hey, I'm good, everybody. Hello. Yeah, hello. It's a pleasure being here again. Hi. So, Alexandra, thank you very much for being with us today. Tell us a little bit about you. Um, sure. Uh, my name is Alexandra. I am originally from Brazil, but I currently live in Toronto, here in Canada. Well, I've always taught English back home. I used to be a teacher of English for more than 20 years, and I moved to Canada about three years ago. And I'm a mother of two boys. Sam is 10 years old. He's about to turn 11 next month. And uh, Lucas is seven years old. Well, Alain, listen, um, was it difficult for you to raise your boys and to, you know, to get them adapted to the culture of Canada and the language? Well, the language is English, but how did that process work out for you and your family? Well, Lucia, actually, it happened very, like, naturally. Because as I told you guys, I, I used to be a teacher of English back home and I used to teach in an international school for many years. And my both of my children, both of my boys used to go to the same school I used to teach. So it was their first and only school back home. So they were very used to the routine They used to stay at school morning and afternoon. Classes were taught in English. Like they had science, math, social study classes in English. And also, I must say that there is a Portuguese teacher, a wonderful Portuguese teacher, who uh, gave them classes once a day. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was very nice. She used to work with the Brazilian culture, Brazilian mm -hmm. uh, literature, and Brazilian songs. And that was very, very nice. So actually, when we came to Canada, it was very natural. It was just the way things used to be back home. Like the school period was morning and afternoon. Um, they knew they were having like lunch at school and all classes were taught in English. So it was basically the same. Mm -hmm. They were getting used to this new routine, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because actually it was not like new in terms of school, right? I see. It okay. was basically the same. Yeah, the only exception is the Portuguese classes, right? They don't have Portuguese classes anymore here. Instead, they have French classes once a day. That's very nice. So how did you organize your agenda to meet these linguistic needs? It flew very naturally. Like, um, of course, there were some cultural differences, but not that much. Back home, uh, they used to go to an American school, but here, of course, it's a Canadian school. So I, I remember a first day of classes, they said, Mom, we're not seeing the American Ethan anymore. Now we're seeing O Canada. <laughs> And I say, oh, no, because O Canada is uh, the national Ethan here. And uh, I say, oh, that sounds great. 
so did you learn it already? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah. Let me sing for oh, you, oh, mom. And they were oh, like, oh, that's oh, sweet. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Oh. <laughs> so, yes, the differences were basically in terms of content. Also, like, they learn about the country and how's the country divided. The country is not divided into states, it's divided into provinces. And also, there isn't, like, a president. It's the prime minister. Uh, so, uh, they, they, they're learning all of these at school. And actually, like, we should never underestimate children. Yes, they are so I agree, smart. I agree. Ale, how old were they when they went to Canada? Lucas was four and uh, Sam was seven, if I'm not wrong. Lucas went uh, straight to kindergarten, senior kindergarten, because here in Canada, we have one year of junior kindergarten and one year of senior kindergarten. But as Lucas had gone to school back home and he knew like the alphabet, the colors and all of this, the school decided to send him to straight to senior nice. kindergarten. And uh, Sam went to grade mm -hmm. two. How about your own agenda? How about, your, you know, the things that you had to do? How easy or difficult was it for you to adapt to a new country with, your, with two children? Yeah, that was pretty challenging in the beginning uh -huh, uh -huh. because here in North America, we parents, we raise our kids. We don't have like a private babysitter, um, yeah, you know, who, nanny. Yeah, yeah, in the end of the day, they raise the children back home. Um, well, but that's another story. But here in North America, we raise our kids. We are the ones responsible to teach them values and, you know, all of these things. So when I came, I also went to school because uh, I took a college degree here in Toronto. I took a diploma degree in creative advertising and marketing. So I had to make some changes in my college schedule. I was not able to have like the first classes in the morning because I had to, you know, get my kids ready to go to school and uh, get ready to take the school bus and transportation and everything. So I had some changes, but, you know, once I explained the situation to my program coordinator at college, they were very understandable mm -hmm. and um, they helped me, you know, they adapt to classes. They said, okay, you're, you're not able to take this course in the morning, but you can, I'll give you uh, the possibility of take it in the afternoon. That's um, very nice. That's you nice. Know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very considerate. Very considerate. They were, they were. So we get to the next question, which is a little bit controversial. Some people believe that learning two languages at the same time and at a very early age, perhaps like your children, will not allow one or either language to fully develop. What do you think about that? I guess we have to dismystify, you know, some old concerns people used to have about being bilingual. I read a lot. I read articles. I also talk to bilingual parents around the world through my Instagram, which is at dois filhos bilingues, no accents, 
dois filhos bilingües on Instagram. So, please follow me. Let's exchange ideas about that. So, I read a lot. And uh, this is an old misconception about being bilingual. Actually, nowadays, we can see through lots of research that, um, you know, those kinds of uh, cold switchings or sometimes uh, kids begin the sentence in, in one language. Actually, this is a proof of proficiency. This shows that kids are becoming fluent and proficient in both languages. And that is amazing. And that must be seen through very positive eyes because it means that they're learning, you know, they are acquiring both languages. And that's also, that's amazing. Ale, do you think there are still misconceptions? Well, a lot has been studied. A lot has been researched about that. And um, I think we are in the right direction. I've been talking to many parents and um, actually this misconception has been, you know, better understood. Mm -hmm. Do you think the internet plays a part in that? Because the world seems to have become a lot smaller with the internet, right? I mean, we can talk to people all over the world. We can get news from people all over the world. And we can see nowadays a lot of more films from all over the world. I totally agree with that. While in terms of, you know, being bilingual, there is a lot of uh, university researches and studies that have been shared on the internet. Now we have access to that. They used to be published in specialized magazine, you know, which took like years to reach the countries and people in different countries around the world. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, yeah. it's published online yeah. and uh, people yeah. all over the world just go there and click and have access to research and studies. So it's very, it's a very democratic process yeah. nowadays. Did either of your boys experience language confusion? If so, how did you deal with it? I see that through a very positive perspective. And um, as I said, for me, it's a proof that they are, you know, they are bilingual and it's natural and it happens. So there are very funny, very interesting situations. Like, for instance, last weekend, we were separating some toys to donate. And I said, okay, Lucas, now, of course, I said it in Portuguese. Because at home we speak Portuguese. So I said, Lucas, now it's time for us to separate some toys. I would like you to sort some toys. The ones you're going to keep it. The ones you're going to donate. And he said in Portuguese, Ah, mãe, tá certo. Esse aqui, então, eu quero quipar. So it was so interesting. Our brain is fantastic. Because look at what he did. He picked up a verb in English and he conjugated the verb through the Portuguese language rules. So he applied the Portuguese conjugation to the verb keep, which means manter. And he said, this one, I want to keep part. So when it happens, I try my best to deal with that situation in a very light way, 
very positive way. At home here, we have this rule that at home we should speak Portuguese because I want them to keep Portuguese as, as their heritage language. I took the chance to talk to them nicely, you know, no judgmentally or, you know, not making him feel embarrassed. But I just told him, oh, you know what, Lucas, the verb keep is manter. So you can say like this, mãe, eu vou manter, eu vou ficar com esse brinquedo, esse brinquedo aqui eu vou manter. And he perfectly understood that. So, yeah, so it happens a lot, you know, sentences that they begin in English and end up in Portuguese. And also like sentences like last week I asked Sam, Samuel, você sabia que o dia do Canadá é dia 1 de julho? Ele disse, I know já, mom. And I was like, okay, he began the sentence in, in English, then in the middle there is a Portuguese and he ended the sentence in English. So... It's interesting, in both situations, they did not realize that they were cold mixing. It flew so naturally for both of them. If I want to take the chance to teach them some Portuguese verb or something like that, I do it in a very light way. I never, you know, make them feel like intimidated or embarrassed. Ale, how do you explain that debt is not a bad thing for somebody who is afraid of the child not learning one language or the other completely, you know, right, let's put it this way, in quotes? Well, what I normally do is to show them some studies and I show all the benefits of being bilingual because being bilingual brings countless benefits to life not only in cognitive terms, but also it brings social benefits, it brings personal benefits. And I talk to them and I share my personal experience with my children. So that's, the thing is, people shouldn't be worried about if that is happening to their child, right? If they're switching between languages or mixing um, up languages in a sentence? Actually, they should be proud of their kids because, and I'm not talking only by myself, but we have lots of researches and studies that proves nowadays that this kind of code mixing shows that the child is proficient in both languages. So that is actually a very positive characteristic of being bilingual. It shows that your brain, you know, can function in both codes, you know, and can navigate in both codes. If you compare that to language teaching, like all three of us, at some point, we taught language. We taught English as a foreign language. And you can tell, I mean, you have to, you know, kudos to the kids because they are not as afraid of taking these risks. So, so he said, Kipara, instead of, you know, I want to, eu quero ficar com esse, or something like that. And so kids don't have that fear of making mistakes, which is fantastic. You know, yeah. they take risks. Yeah. They, they, if they make a mistake, hey, it's just a mistake. You know, it's a stepping stone. You know, just move on further and you'll be fine. Whereas yeah. in the language and classroom, people are so scared, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you a good point, Lucia, good point. Yeah, yeah. I just remember, you know, getting, especially teens and adult 
students to, you know, to say something, you know, it's okay to have to make a mistake. It's perfectly all right. It's part of the process. Everybody falls down from the bike before they learn to ride properly. So, you know, the fact that kids don't have that and Luca is somewhere, they both feel so, so, you know, at home and comfortable with this second language. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Kids are fantastic. The brain is fantastic. It's, it's very yeah, nice it to is. hear that from you. Totally agree with that. Thanks. And how are they doing at school? Do you think there are academic pros or cons? Uh, well, they're doing they're doing very well at school. We live in Toronto, right? So Toronto is a multicultural metropolis. So schools are ready to welcome immigrants, you know, from all over the world. Actually, since they came here, they have I didn't ask, but the school provides ESL teachers for foreigner kids. Last parent-teacher conference, I was told that Samuel, from next semester on, he will not have any ESL teacher classes anymore because he doesn't need that anymore. Oh, that's great. And, um, yeah, that's great. That's great. That's quite and an accomplishment. Yeah. 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 Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> to Samuel. Yeah. Yeah. Proud of my boys. And yeah. also like here, they have French classes at school once a day. So mm -hmm. they are now, they, sometimes they come home and they want to teach me like the colors in French or a song in French. And um, well, I speak Portuguese and English, but I have I don't <laughs> speak French at all. <laughs> so actually, that's been like a very opportunity for me to learn French. They are my French teachers. <laughs> mm -hmm. Very very nice. Do you buy them books in French or something? You know, like those kid books in French. Mm -hmm. That's actually a very very good idea. I haven't, but um, yeah. yeah. Sure, sure, for sure. Yeah, that I, I think it, it could help a little bit. Yeah. And in your opinion, what would you say are the rewards and challenges of raising a bilingual kid? So in my case, well, with my family, as I told you, I used to be an English teacher back home and uh, they've been always gone to international schools and they were taught in English since they went to school for their first time in their lives. I feel privileged. I feel blessed because I have this family, you know, scenario here, but uh, uh, some families don't. So the challenging would be like how to raise bilingual kids in a family where kids don't go to bilingual schools. There are many different methods like one parent, one language, when one of the parents speak in a different language with the child. Well, if we search about it, there are many different methods that, for instance, Brazilian families can raise their children, bilingual children. Yeah, so we just pick up the method that uh, works better to our family, to our personal scenario. And the benefits. Well, there are many. There are so many benefits in different areas. So there are many cognitive benefits. Studies and research have proved that it increases uh, concentration and attention span. Also, like bilingual people, they are better able to sort words and situations in different cultures. 
in different, mm. you know, worlds. Let's say that. Yeah, interesting. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. It also increases the critical thinking skills because you learn how to respect, you know, people from different, uh, with different customs and um, traditions. Uh, so you, you learn how to respect that. Studies have proved that bilingual people develop a delay in having the Alzheimer's disease. Oh, really? Yes, it's scientifically proven. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe because the bilingual brain is, yeah. you know, because it is a brain exercise. Of it's sorts. more active. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, yeah. functions yeah. in two different words, navigates in two different words, and yeah. it makes the brain, you know, work. Uh, more elasticity, more elasticity. Of course, yes, yeah. perfect, perfect. Yeah. Also, social benefits. Because it increases empathy. You learn, as I said, when you learn to find yourself in someone's situation, in someone's position, in someone's, you know, perspective. Um, you learn how to respect the differences. Also, it helps you making more friends because your possibility, you know, of communication increases. Um, it happened once, like we went to a park and we were walking and um, Lucas was talking to someone. And then all of a sudden we found out that that family spoke Portuguese as well. So if you speak more than one language, you're able to communicate, you know, with more people. Because yeah, that's right. it increases your chances, that's right. you know. Yeah. It seems that you're very passionate about the subject. I am. <laughs> I am. Also, like... Um, your chances to get jobs mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. you know, wider because, you know, if you if you bilingual, if you speak more than one language, you'll be like a bilingual professional. So it increases your possibilities to get jobs, especially here, because I've been living in a bilingual country, which is very open to immigrants from all over the world. And Ale, tell us, what decisions have you made towards exposing your children to their primary culture? And how do they react to it? Because you mentioned some of that, but I'd like you to go more in depth about that. We are a Brazilian family living in Canada. So our first language is Portuguese. It's the Brazilian Portuguese. And uh, In my opinion, for them to keep their Portuguese, you know, it's very important once it gives them the idea of personal identity, where they come from, what is their, you know, their language. And also, like, I don't want them to lose their family relationships with the relatives which are in Brazil, which are back home. So it's the language they can use to communicate to their grandparents. You know, when vovó calls on the phone, vovó doesn't speak English. But, you know, they talk to their grandma like on a daily basis <laughs> on the phone. Yeah. And they have cousins and they have, you know, uncles. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know. So yeah. I don't want them to lose this communication with their family back home. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, I volunteer in an association called 
Ciranda Brasileira, and our aim is to promote the Brazilian culture, language, and literature among little Brazilians which are here in Toronto. So it's a very nice, we talk about, you know, Brazilian legends, we talk about Brazilian lullabies, and um, we talk about um, famous Brazilian authors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we read books, you know, written by Eva Furnari, so many others. We listen to Chico Buarque, we have the Carnival Party, we have the São João Party, of course, nowadays, because of the pandemic. Things have been done like online, but even though we've been trying our very best to keep these Brasileirinhos here in Canada, you know, connected to their, we call it língua de herança. Uh, It's like the heritage language. So on my Instagram, I talk about many things. I talk about code mixing and um, what perspective I see those things happening in my family. I talk about uh, tips on what book in Portuguese to read to your children, what is a nice book in English to read to your children. So it is a helping hand of of sorts to other people who are in the same situation as you are. Exactly. Tips on very useful podcasts. They can listen and learn more about the theme. So it's basically that. Very nice. So guys, once again, it is called Dois Filhos Bilingues. Bilingues. Dois Filhos Bilingues. Yeah, Yeah. on Instagram. Make sure you check it out. I've seen some of her posts and they are really very nice. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I just want to point out that it's very rewarding to raise bilingual kids maybe the children now they have no maturity enough to recognize how good you know it is but in the future I know many bilingual adults uh, which are very grateful for you know being raised as bilingual because it opened up the whole world for them. So maybe your kids, they are not aware of all the benefits, but I am a hundred percent sure that in the future, they will thankful for that, for leaving for them like a different world, different words, different possibilities to explain explore the world through different perspectives, you know, and this is amazing. That's what we need nowadays. We need people who understand the differences, people who respect the differences, you know. Of course, we can never forget where we come from, our identity, our background, but that enables children to be word citizens in the future. And um, that is fantastic. All right, guys. So here we are wrapping up another great episode of our podcast. Thank you all again for being with us. Uh, we appreciate having you. We appreciate having Ale talk to us today. So thank you very, very much from the bottom My of my heart. My pleasure. Thank you, Nana. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. So catch us in the next episode and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, guys.